Chapter twenty seven of the Children of the New Forest by Captain Frederick Marriott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter twenty seven. But we must follow Edward for a time. On his arrival at Paris, he was kindly received by King Charles, who promised to assist his views in joining the army. You have to choose between two generals, both great in the art of war, Condé and Turenne. I have no doubt that they will be opposed to each other soon. That will be the better for you, as you will learn tactics from such great players. Which would your majesty recommend me to follow? inquired Edward. Condé is my favourite and he will soon be opposed to this truculent and dishonest court, who have kept me here as an instrument to accomplish their own wishes, but who have never intended to keep their promises and place me on the English throne. I will give you letters to Condé, and recollect that whatever general you take service under, you will follow him without pretending to calculate how far his movements may be right or wrong that is not your affair conde is just now released from vincennes but depend upon it he will be in arms very soon as soon as he was furnished with the necessary credentials from the king edward presented himself at the levee of the prince of conde you are here highly spoken of said the prince for so young a man so you were at the affair of worcester we will retain you for your services will be wanted by and by can you procure any of your countrymen i know but of two that i can recommend from personal knowledge but these two officers i can venture to pledge myself for any more that i cannot at present reply to your highness but i should think it very possible bring me the officers to-morrow at this hour monsieur Breverly. au revoir the prince of conde then passed on to speak to other officers and gentlemen who were waiting to pay their respects edward went to chaloner and grenville who were delighted with the intelligence which he brought them the next day they were at the prince's levee and introduced by edward i am fortunate gentlemen said the prince in securing the services of such fine young men you will oblige me by enlisting as many of your countrymen as you may consider likely to do good service and then follow me to guienne to which province i am now about to depart be pleased to put yourself into communication with the parties named in this paper and after my absence you will receive from them every assistance and necessary supplies which may be required a month after this interview conde who had been joined by a great number of nobles and had been reinforced by troops from spain set up the standard of revolt edward and his friends joined them with about three hundred english and scotchmen which they had enlisted and very soon afterward conde obtained the victory at blenon 
and in april sixteen fifty two advanced to paris turenne who had taken the command of the french army followed him and a severe action was fought in the streets of the suburb of saint antoine in which neither party had the advantage but eventually conde was beaten back by the superior force of turenne and not receiving the assistance he expected from the spaniards he fell back to the frontiers of champagne previous to his departure from paris edward had received humphrey's letter explaining away the intendant's conduct and the contents removed a heavy load from edward's mind but he now thought of nothing but war and although he cherished the idea of patience heatherstone he was resolved to follow the fortunes of the prince as long as he could he wrote a letter to the intendant thanking him for his kind feelings and intentions toward him and he trusted that he might one day have the pleasure of seeing him again he did not however think it advisable to mention the name of his daughter except in inquiring after her health and sending his respects it may be years before i see her again thought edward and who knows what may happen the prince of conde now had the command of the spanish forces in the netherlands and edward with his friends followed his fortunes and gained his good will they were rapidly promoted time flew on and in the year sixteen fifty four the court of france concluded an alliance with cromwell and expelled king charles from the french frontiers the war was still carried on in the netherlands turenne bore down conde who had gained every campaign and the court of spain wearied with reverses made overtures of peace which was gladly accepted by the french during these wars cromwell had been named protector and had shortly afterward died edward who but rarely heard from humphrey was now anxious to quit the army and go to the king who was in spain but to leave his colours while things were adverse was impossible after the peace and the pardon of conde by the french king the armies were disbanded and the three adventurers were free they took their leave of the prince who thanked them for their long and meritorious services and they then hastened to king charles who had left spain and come to the low countries at the time of their joining the king richard the son of cromwell who had been nominated protector had resigned and everything was ready for the restoration on the fifteenth of may sixteen sixty the news arrived that charles had been proclaimed king on the eighth and a large body of gentlemen went to invite him over the king sailed from shivering was met at dover by general monk and conducted to london which he entered amid the acclamations of the people on the twenty-ninth of the same month we may leave the reader to suppose that edward chaloner and grenville were among the most favoured of those in his train as the procession moved slowly along the strand through a countless multitude the windows of all the houses were filled with well-dressed ladies who waved their white kerchiefs to the king and his attendant suite chaloner edward and grenville who rode side by side as gentlemen-in-waiting 
were certainly the most distinguished among the king's retinue look edward said chaloner at those lovely girls at yon window do you recognize them indeed i do not are they any of our paris beauties why thou insensible and unnatural animal they are thy sisters alice and edith and do you not recognize behind them my good aunts cunningham it is so i believe replied edward yes now that edith smiles i am sure it is them yes replied granville there can be no doubt of that but will they think you recognize us we shall see replied edward as they now approached within a few yards of the window for while they had been speaking the procession had stopped is it possible thought edward that these can be the two girls in russet gowns that i left at the cottage and yet it must be well chaloner to all appearance your good aunts have done justice to their charge nature has done more edward i never thought that they would have grown into such lovely girls as they have although i always thought that they were handsome as they passed edward caught the eye of edith and smiled alice that's edward said edith so loud as to be heard by the king and all near him Alice and Edith rose and waved their handkerchiefs, but they were soon obliged to cease and put them to their eyes. "'Are those your sisters, Edward?' said the king. "'They are, your majesty.' The king rose in his stirrups and made a low obeisance to the window where they were standing. "'We shall have some court beauties, Beverley,' said the king, looking at him over his shoulder. As soon as the ceremonies were over, and they could escape from their personal attentions, Edward and his two friends went to the house in which resided the ladies Cunningham and his sisters. We pass over the joy of this meeting after so many years' absence, and the pleasure which it gave to Edward to find his sisters grown such accomplished and elegant young women, that his two friends, who were, as the reader will recollect, old acquaintances of alice and edith were warmly received we hardly need say now edward who do you think was here to-day the reigning bell and the toast of all the gentlemen indeed i must be careful of my heart dear edith who is she no less than one with whom you were formerly well acquainted edward patience heatherstone patience heatherstone cried edward the toast of all london yes and deservedly so i can assure you but she is as good as she is handsome and moreover treats all the gay gallants with perfect indifference she is staying with her uncle sir ashley cooper and her father is also in town for he called here with her to-day when did you hear from humphrey edith a few days back he has left the cottage now altogether indeed where does he reside then at arnwood the house has been rebuilt and i understand is a very princely mansion humphrey has charge of it until it is ascertained to whom it is to belong it belongs to mr heatherstone does it not replied edward how can you say so edward you received humphrey's letters a long while ago yes i did but let us not talk about it any more my dear edith 
i am in great perplexity nay dear brother let us talk about it said alice who had come up and overheard the latter portion of the conversation what is your perplexity well replied edward since it is to be so let us sit down and talk over the matter i acknowledge the kindness of mr heatherstone and feel that all he asserted to humphrey is true still i do not like that i should be indebted to him for a property which is mine and that he has no right to give i acknowledge his generosity but i do not acknowledge his right of possession nay much as i admire and i may say fond as i am for time has not effaced the feeling of his daughter it still appears to me that although not said it is expected that she is to be included in the transfer and i will accept no wife on such conditions that is to say because all you wish for your property and a woman you love are offered you in one lot you will not accept them they must be divided and handed over to you in two said alice smiling you mistake dearest i am not so foolish but i have a certain pride which you cannot blame accepting the property from mr heatherstone is receiving a favour were it given as a marriage portion with his daughter now why should i accept as a favour what i can claim as a right it is my intention of appealing to the king and demanding the restoration of my property he cannot refuse it put not your trust in princes brother replied alice i doubt if the king or his council will consider it advisable to make so many discontented as to restore property which has been so long held by others and by so doing create a host of enemies recollect also that mr heatherstone and his brother-in-law sir ashley cooper have done the king much more service than you ever have or can do they have been most important agents in his restoration and the king's obligations to them are much greater than they are to you besides merely for what may be called a point of honour for it is no more in what an unpleasant situation will you put his majesty at all events edward recollect you do not know what are the intentions of mr heatherstone wait and see what he proffers first but my dear sister it appears to me that his intentions are evident why has he rebuilt arnwood he is not going to surrender my property and make me a present of the house the reason for rebuilding the mansion was good you were at the wars it was possible that you might or might not return he said this to humphrey who has all along been acting as his factotum in the business and recollect at the time that mr heatherstone commenced the rebuilding of the mansion what prospect was there of the restoration of the king or of your ever being in a position to apply for the restoration of your property i believe however that humphrey knows more of mr heatherstone's intentions than he has made known to us and i therefore say again my dear edward make no application till you ascertain what mr heatherstone's intentions may be your advice is good my dear alice and i will be guided by it replied edward 
and now let me give you some advice for your friends masters chaloner and grenville that much of their property has been taken away and put into other hands i know and probably they expect it will be restored upon their application to the king those who hold the property think so too and so far it is fortunate now from wiser heads than mine i have been told that these applications will not be acceded to as is supposed but at the same time if they were to meet the parties and close with them at once before the king's intentions are known they would recover their property at a third or a quarter of the value now is their time even a few days delay may make a difference they can easily obtain a delay for the payment of the monies impress that upon them my dear edward and let them if possible be off to their estates to-morrow and make the arrangements that is advice which must be followed replied edward we must go now and i will not fail to communicate it to them this very night we may as well here inform the reader that the advice was immediately acted upon and that chaloner and grenville recovered all their estates at about five years purchase edward remained at court several days he had written to humphrey and had dispatched a messenger with the letter but the messenger had not yet returned the court was now one continual scene of fetes and gaiety on the following day a drawing-room was to be held and edward's sisters were to be presented edward was standing with many others of the suit behind the chair of the king amusing himself with the presentations as they took place and waiting for the arrival of his sisters chaloner and grenville were not with him they had obtained leave to go into the country for the object we have before referred to when his eyes caught advancing toward the king mr heatherstone who led his daughter patience that they had not perceived him was evident indeed her eyes were not raised once from the natural timidity felt by a young woman in the presence of royalty edward half concealed himself behind one of his companions that he might gaze upon her without reserve she was indeed a lovely young person but little altered except having grown taller and more rounded and perfect in her figure and her court dress displayed proportions which her humble costume at the new forest had concealed or which time had not matured there was the same pensive sweet expression in her face which had altered little but the beautiful rounded arms the symmetrical fall of the shoulders and the proportion of the whole figure was a surprise to him and edward in his own mind agreed that she might well be the reigning toast of the day mr heatherstone advanced and made his obeisance and then his daughter was led forward and introduced by a lady unknown to edward after he had saluted her the king said loud enough for edward to hear my obligations to your father are great i trust that the daughter will often grace our court patience made no reply but passed on and soon afterward edward lost sight of her in the crowd 
if there ever had been any check to edward's feelings toward patience and time and absence have their effect upon the most ardent of lovers the sight of her so resplendent in beauty acted upon him like magic and he was uneasy till the ceremony was over and he was enabled to go to his sisters when he entered the room he found himself in the arms of humphrey who had arrived with the messenger after the greetings were over edward said alice and i have seen patience and i fear i must surrender at discretion mr heatherstone may make his own terms i must waive all pride rather than lose her i thought that i had more control over myself but i have seen her and feel that my future happiness depends upon obtaining her as a wife let her father but give me her and arnwood will be but a trifle in addition with respect to the conditions upon which you are to possess arnwood said humphrey i can inform you what they are they are wholly unshackled further than that you are to repay by instalments the money expended in the building of the house this i am empowered to state to you and i think you will allow that mr heatherstone has fully acted up to what he stated were his views when he first obtained a grant of the property he has indeed replied edward as for his daughter edward you have yet to win her and wear her as the saying is her father will resign the property to you as yours by right but you have no property in his daughter and i suspect that she will not be quite so easily handed over to you but why should you say so humphrey have we not been attached from our youth yes it was a youthful passion i grant but recollect nothing came of it and years have passed away it is now seven years since you quitted the forest and in your letters to mr heatherstone you made no remark upon what had passed between you and patience since that you have never corresponded or sent any messages and you can hardly expect that a girl from the age of seventeen to twenty-four will cherish the image of one who to say the least had treated her with indifference that is my view of the matter edward it may be wrong and it may be true replied edward mournfully well my view is different replied edith you know humphrey how many offers patience heatherstone has had and has every day i may say why has she refused them all in my opinion because she has been constant to a proud brother of mine who does not deserve her it may be so edith replied humphrey women are riddles i only argued upon the common sense of the thing much you know about women replied edith to be sure you do not meet many in the new forest where you have lived all your life very true my dear sister perhaps that is the reason that the new forest has had such charms for me after that speech sir the sooner you get back again the better retorted edith but edward made a sign to humphrey and they beat a retreat have you seen the intendant humphrey no i was about to call upon him but i wanted to see you first i will go with you i have not done him justice replied edward and yet i hardly know how to explain to him 
say nothing but meet him cordially that will be explanation sufficient i shall meet him as one whom i shall always revere and feel that i owe a deep debt of gratitude what must he think of my not having called upon him nothing you hold a place at court you may not have known that he was in london as you have never met him your coming with me will make it appear so tell him that i have just made known to you his noble and disinterested conduct you are right i will i fear however humphrey that you are right and edith wrong as regards his daughter nay edward recollect that i have as edith observed passed my life in the woods edward was most kindly received by mr heatherstone edward on mr heatherstone repeating to him his intentions relative to arnwood expressed his sense of that gentleman's conduct simply adding you may think me impetuous sir but i trust you will believe me grateful patience coloured up and trembled when edward first saw her edward did not refer to the past for some time after they had renewed their acquaintance he wooed her again and won her then all was explained about a year after the restoration there was a fete at hampton court given in honour of three marriages taking place edward beverley to patience heatherstone chaloner to alice and grenville to edith and as his majesty himself said as he gave away the brides could loyalty be better rewarded but our young readers will not be content if they do not hear some particulars about the other personages who have appeared in our little history humphrey must take the first place his love of farming continued edward gave him a large farm rent free and in a few years humphrey saved up sufficient to purchase a property for himself he then married clara ratcliffe who has not appeared lately on the scene owing to her having been about two years before the restoration claimed by an elderly relation who lived in the country and whose infirm state of health did not permit him to quit the house he left his property to clara about a year after her marriage to humphrey the cottage in the new forest was held by and eventually made over to pablo who became a very steady character and in the course of time married a young girl from arnwood and had a houseful of young gipsies oswald so soon as edward came down to arnwood gave up his place in the new forest and lived entirely with edward as his steward and phoebe also went to arnwood and lived to a good old age in the capacity of housekeeper her temper becoming rather worse than better as she advanced in years this is all that we have been able to collect relative to the several parties and so now we must say farewell the end end of chapter twenty seven recording by nick whitley Purley, United Kingdom. End of the Children of the New Forest by Captain Frederick Marriott.